This is Spark My Muse, and I'm your host, Lisa DeLay. Today is Soul School Lesson 143, Just This. Before I get into my lesson today, I want to remind you that this is still the time you can get early bird tickets to join me in Santa Fe, New Mexico in June 2020. I'm so excited to share some time with you, and I'm very grateful to the people who've already signed up. We're going to have a lovely time, a very enriching experience of spiritual practices and rest and rejuvenation, contemplation, and a visit to a sacred site in Chimayo, New Mexico, in the high desert. So if you're interested in that, go to sparkmymuse.com and click on the links for this Sacred Spaces Destination Retreat Event Experience. It's going to be incredible, and I hope you will join us. Today I'm going to be reading from a really small booklet that I got when I was in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And it's called Just This. It's a collection of short little meditations from Richard Rohr. Father Richard Rohr is a Franciscan monk who writes in his hermitage in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And this book is something I got from the Center for Action and Contemplation. On the book itself, it says, The Center for Action and Contemplation, a collision of opposites forms the cross of Christ. One leads downward, preferring the truth of the humble. The other moves leftward against the grain. But all are wrapped safely inside a hidden harmony, the world, God's cosmos, a benevolent universe. And then right on the inside of this little book is a kind of introduction. And it says, just this offers a collection of brief and evocative meditations and practices that invites us to cultivate the gift of waking up to the beauty of reality in all its glorious ordinariness. With his signature blend of contemplation, theology, and pastoral sensitivity, Father Richard Rohr creates a spaciousness for the soul to grow into a kind of seeing that goes far beyond merely looking to recognizing and thus appreciating. This is the heart of contemplation, the centerpiece of any inner dialogue that frees us from the traps of our perceptions and preoccupations. The contemplative mind does not tell us what to see, it teaches us how to see and what we behold. One of the things I try to provide, especially in soul school, is another way of seeing a way to coming into deeper rest and groundedness that involves our spirit or our soul. I sometimes use those words interchangeably, but when I speak of soul, I'm not talking about something like Bugs Bunny and the ghosty thing that goes up to heaven where Bugs Bunny plays the harp on a cloud. I'm talking about soul as the entire part of us and really the deep essential part of us too. Sometimes we don't get down to that kernel of us as Thomas Merton called the authentic self or the true self, that part of us that is that place that is indestructible where we feel truly loved, the place where God resides. And as I am contemplative in the Christian stream, which goes back all the way to the beginning centuries of Christianity in the deserts of Syria and Egypt with the desert mothers and fathers, they would pray the prayer of the heart that was rooted in quietness and silence and listening to God and trying to surrender the will to God as Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. 
when he said, not my will, but thine be done, Lord, and submitted his life to the Father. And so I realized for my own life and for many of us, life isn't so simple as going out into the desert and spending all your time thinking about God and praying to God. Life is full of chaotic situations and relationships. Uh, it's full of things that we don't expect and things that we have to get done. But when we settle down and center ourselves down, as Howard Thurman put it, we can find this peace that passes all understanding because we are looking with the eye of the heart and we're listening with the ear of the heart. And so sometimes I give us something to, to chew on and listen to that has to do with those matters and those parts of us so we can see with new eyes, so to speak, and, and maybe find something to meditate on and hang on to that will give us a sense of God's presence and restore us in a new way. So today I'm going to pick from two places in this little book, and I recommend this book very much. It's reasonably priced, and you can read it through one or two of these meditations in a day or before you go to bed, and it's something to just mull over and think about and pray about and try to absorb into your life. The first one I'm going to read is from page 23. It's called Awareness and Interpretation. So we are the interpreter of what we see, fear, desire, lust over, or react to, and is finally our interpretation of any event or encounter that prevails. If we do not have a somewhat natural recourse to a larger framing, which is what healthy religion is supposed to give us, we will spend much of our life in very small boxing rings, fighting largely useless battles, all based on our unproven and usually self-referential assumptions about what is happening. All this, in great part, depends on these points. Which inner reservoir is ready and waiting? Which inner reservoir is empty and begging to be filled? And with what? Precisely, our reservoir is filled. This takes genuine and daily vigilance. It is the heart of all spirituality. Authentic spirituality is always seeking, quote, daily bread, unquote, to feed the starving parts of our soul and the fresh, quote, living water, unquote, to fill our reservoir instead of allowing the dark waters to develop toxins and poisonous algae, which largely happens at a slow, certain, and unconscious level. Thus, both Jesus and Buddha say the same thing. Stay awake. Watch the lens through which we are reading the moment. We all have preferred and practiced styles of attention. We must discover ours, or we will not see things as they are, but rather as we are. It is a lifelong task of mirror wiping. I am always my first problem, and if I deal with me then I can deal with other problems more effectively. The real gift is to be happy and content, even while we are just sitting on the front porch looking at a rock, or when we are doing the nothingness of prayer or benevolently gazing at anything in its ordinariness, or when we can see and accept 
and say that every single act of creation is, quote, just this, unquote, and thus allow it to work its wonder on us. This is the ultimate and real recovery movement. Authentic recovery is not actually about mere sobriety as much as it is about simple and ever deeper connection with what is. Deep connection is our goal, and it frees us from all loneliness, separateness, and boredom, and is far beyond just stopping the addictive behavior. That's just cleaning up, or maybe even growing up, but we are about waking up. So learn, go enjoy, and rest in inner contentment and positivity, a full reservoir of fresh water, both before the success and after the failure. And then you have the treasure that no one can take from you or give to you. You will be ready for many moments of awe. And you will be capable of the surrender that brings both foundational union and joy. Remember, the whole process most often begins by one long, relished moment of awe. One fully sincere moment of seeing and saying, just this. And as Isaiah promised, you will know that moment is shouting, I am here. I am here. What Richard Rohr does so well is he gets down to the essentials and the basics. If you read his work, you'll see how he makes things sort of uncomplicated and, and down to its essentials so that things can be appreciated for what they are. I greatly appreciate that about his writing. Okay, here I'm going to read the second part on page 45. And this little meditation is called Undergoing God. Your life is not about you. You are about life. You are an instance of a universal and even eternal pattern. The one life, all caps there, the one life that many of us call God is living itself in you and through you and as you. This realization is an earthquake in the brain, a hurricane in the heart, a Copernican revolution in the mind, and a monumental shift in consciousness. Yet, most of us do not even seem interested in it. It is too big to imagine and can only be revealed slowly. You have never been separate from God except in your mind. You gradually recognize that the myriad forms of life in the universe are completely diverse and utterly one at the same time, just like the Trinity, which might be called diversity in perfect love with itself, which creates oneness, capital O, oneness. We are all, quote, undergoing God, unquote whose supreme job is the wanting of all reality. Wanting is the lovely word I borrow from Lady Julian of Norwich's Middle English to describe the process of overcoming dualisms and divisions artificially created by the ego and the mind. This should be an enormous weight off your back. All you can really do is agree to joyously participate. Life in the spirit will feel like being caught much more than being taught about any particular doctrine. 
Henceforth, your very motivation and momentum for the journey toward holiness and wholeness is simply immense gratitude for already being there. What Father Richard Rohr refers to as being grateful for where you already are is a common theme in his writing, and it has to do with understanding that the presence of God is not found away somewhere in heaven or you know, up in the sky or something like that, but that the reality of God is the presence of God with us now in every moment of our lives, in our hearts and in our world. And it's an old Ignatian turn of phrase that's repeated over and over within those teachings that God is always at work. There is no time when God is not working and we just join God in what God is already doing. God is spirit and God is moving in all people, in all creation, all the time. And sometimes it does it just doesn't seem like that. It seems like there's tons of evil going on. It's rampant evil. It, people are getting hurt and dying and sick and abused and violated. And where's God? Nowhere to be found. But in fact, God is at work through God's people and God's creation. And we take part in what God is already doing. God is as near as we are. But sometimes we are disassociated and separated from ourselves. And in that way, we have to wipe off the mirror. We have to look carefully at where God is within and wake up to God and become aware of just how close and intimate God actually is. In fact, if we knew just how close and intimate God is, we would live holier lives because we would sense the holiness of God with us. We would want to take off our shoes because we're on holy ground, so to speak, because God's holiness demands a response to that holiness. It demands a loving obedience and regard and honor. And it demands that we serve God's purposes and yield our will to what God would have for us as a holy, perfect, loving God who wants good in the world and wants us to join in those purposes. So when Richard Rohr says that we wake up to it, we're waking up to reality as it is, waking up to ourselves as the children that God loves, the ones that God has created and imprinted God's image within us. And so as you meditate on these words, on these reflections today, pray that God will waken you, open your eyes and the ears of your heart and the eyes of your heart to God with you in the present moment, that the presence of God is with you all the time. Talk to God in dialogue, just as if God is with you right now, because indeed, God has never left. God is with you. We might not sense God, but that doesn't mean God's not there. We might not be present of our breathing. It doesn't mean we're not doing it. We might not be aware constantly of the oxygen and nitrogen and the air we breathe and take into our lungs. It doesn't mean that it's not there. It's critical to our life. And so I'll leave you with that today. If you have any questions about this episode or you'd like to contact me, just go ahead and do it. You can email me at contact at lisadelay.com. You can go to sparkmymuse.com, find out more about my work. And I also ask that you will support me at a dollar a month 
or higher at patreon.com forward slash spark my muse. I'm writing a book and you can get in on the launch team for that at $5 a month. It is really important for me to have listeners that support my work. It makes it possible. You make it possible by listening and sharing this work and by supporting financially. And it really means a lot to me. Until next week, God bless.